Yeah, because that's what everyone said. It's like, well, good luck when you die of COVID. It's like, if I die of COVID, like, really, honestly, who cares? Why do you care so much? And and keep in mind, these are the people that vote for doctor-assisted suicide at end of life and for abortion, right? So, I mean, who really actually is valuing the life here? Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize the faith. It's happening. Another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast. Here we are. Woo, live with a live captive audience. Well, they're not captive, but here's what's happening. We are going, we have gone live, so we're doing live stream today on Facebook. Uh, so there will be comments and questions, hopefully, as they come in. Uh, we, uh, we are excited to talk about this. We didn't know exactly how we were going to talk about it like previously until yesterday happened uh, because we knew we needed to talk about it. The fact that we're just ever encroaching and creeping movements towards tyranny involving vaccines. Dun, dun, dun. Vaccine tyranny. Mm-hmm. Unless we be canceled on the Carbe Fide podcast, we have thus far been very clear that there is a twinity when it comes to the vaccine. Right, Jesse? The blessed tr- twinity. Twinity. The, the twinity of the vaccine. That is, uh, that it is, you are able to, with a proper view of the sovereignty of God, react in one of two ways. So they come from the same source. God is sovereign. He gives us good and right gifts. And in giving Amen. us good and right gifts, he has enabled men to be able to use the knowledge of the creation he reveals to create things like vaccines. And you can trust through faith in the sovereignty of God and his good gifts that that vaccine is something you should take and use for your benefit and glorify God in it. Or conversely, you can know that God is sovereign. Same source. The next way to think about it is God is sovereign over my health. There are things for which I might need medicine or vaccines, but there are things for which I will not need medicine or vaccines because he has designed my body in such a way that it is able to live healthy and move forward to glorify him without extra additives in it. And I will glorify him and receive his good gift of health. Well, I mean, like, it's, I mean, yeah. Yes, it's, it's, it is that twinity. I, I think it could be stated Perhaps Be- better perhaps in a different way. Uh, sure. I mean, the, it's. <laughs> I was waiting for no the, silence on the podcast. We had a black hole there for making a second. A, making a, the Twinity a oneity is that um, because God is sovereign over all things, because he did create us with um, the, the smallest sense of government, which is ourselves. Um, well, don't run into the podcast. We're a just vaccine, talking about the vaccine should never be compulsory. Okay. Or medical care should never be compulsory. Isn't the whole point of the, va- the 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 podcast they're about to do? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was just giving well, two options on taking the vaccine or not taking the vaccine. Both must oh, stem oh, oh. from your sovereign view and faith in God and your ability to glorify Him. My sovereign view of the sovereign your view God. of the sovereignty of God. Don't ah. sass me, boy. I'm just clarifying. I misspeak sometimes. The the important part is God is sovereign. Now, you don't do something out of fear 
you do something out of faith in that well, in that way. In uh, that I was way. about to say, well, many people actually do things. No, it, in the view of the, a sovereign God, right? Perfect love has cast out fear, and we will we will follow Him and worship Him in His sovereignty for His glory and our good, and we will do that by faith. We will not do that by fear, right? For it is His kindness that leads us to repentance. Right? For it is, freedom he has set us free. It is for freedom he has set us free. And so that is how you can view the vaccine. And we've said that on the podcast. And I was only saying that up front in case, you know, somebody on Facebook was like, holy crap, there's like, you know, 10 to 20 people watching these guys on the Carpet Fide podcast. We need to shut them down. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Uh, so Facebook, we're no threat <laughs> yet. Yeah. <laughs> Now, watch out for them downloads on the podcast, though. I don't know. Next week, when Biden cracks down on free speech. He's cracking down on free speech next week? No, I'm just saying. I oh, mean, potentially. Probably. I mean, at the rate this, <laughs> at the rate this is going. But again, we get ahead of ourselves. Well, it's I true. get ahead of ourselves. This is true. So, having that view in mind, what we wanted to discuss today. The Twinity. Yes, the Twinity. What we wanted to discuss today uh, is, is the reality uh, that we've talked about spheres, spheres of sovereignty. And tonight I hinted that we were going to talk about uh, the biblical principle of subsidiarity uh, when I posted, when I reposted our little link. I have a question. Okay. I didn't get to ask you this earlier. Right. Because I was at the beach all day. Okay. Being oppressed by the sun. Uh, that sun is such an oppressor. <laughs> um, did you make that word up? Subsidiarity? Yeah. Well, I'm slightly and lightly offended right now. No, I didn't. Okay. I just wanted to see if it was a real thing. I didn't know. You didn't even like check me on e. On nope, it? sure didn't. Are you checking right now? No, I'm see? just running a quick Google <laughs> Google search to uh, give you a definition. Are if you googling something I that you should did. be duck duck going? Oh, I am. You know what? Fortunately, on this computer, all I use is duck duck go. Oh, so perfectly. it was duck duck go. So you I are, duck ducked it. So you are ducking it. Oh, I duck ducked it. The principle that government power ought to reside at the lowest feasible level i.e. at the local or regional level instead of the national or supranational level, unless the latter presents clear advantages. All right. You go, man. Now. You go. One of the the issues we might have here is that if you trace the history of subsidiarity versus sphere sovereignty, you'll find them stemming from two different branches. Uh, You will find... Wait. Subsidiarity and sphere sovereignty. And sphere sovereignty. Sphere sovereignty stems from the uh, the teachings of more reformed Christian theology. However, <laughs> nothing ghetto about that. However, subsidiarity resides uh, initially in a more uh, Catholic view uh, of social order. However, they are they are both foundationally biblical, because when you think about how subsidiarity fits with sphere sovereignty, it fits quite nicely. Sometimes we make mountains out of molehills. For indeed, here, sitting at this table, we would say, no peace with Rome. Amen. <laughs> however, I'm fully there. However, the biblical view of subsidiarity, even just as a cursory definition, when you duck-duck it, is clear that that is absolutely something the biblical framework from which we develop the principles of sphere sovereignty meshes very nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You follow me? Okay. I just didn't want anybody that might be super, super hyper spiritual to get to like, whoa, what are you doing? 
with that with that uh, it's crazy you can't do the whole no no it's not that's not the case at all so since we already did sphere sovereignty i thought we could at least use the word subsidiarity sub <laughs> you did this to me <laughs> subsidiarity subsidiarity um and tie them together nicely in our understanding of what this whole issue might be as well as in speaking to the topic uh, of religious exemptions Ooh. Oh, I've, I've stumbled upon that type of uh, conversation uh, quite recently. Boy, and boy, have you. And fortunately, you have uh, you have written some some very nice religious exemptions, if I do say so myself. Oh, well, thank you. Well, when it comes to shaving off your beard, you tend to have to get real good at writing those religious exemptions. Well, as, as, as God <laughs> has said, let no man's face be bare. Yeah. For it is shame. Yep. Mal- Malachi 25.3. Malachi, the Italian prophet, he wrote that. Mm-hmm. This is a joke. It's clearly... Oh, man, I was about to look something up. <laughs> Malachi 25? No, nope. don't do it. No, I was okay. not. <laughs> There's not that many chapters in Malachi. That's the key. That's the joke. All right. So, we uh, look forward to dissecting that as well, the idea of religious exemption. All of this, though, stems from what I would say was quite possibly one of, and this is coming, this is, this is making some ground. One of the worst speeches, as far as trying to lead a constitutional republic, I have ever heard, honestly, particularly when you know what the Constitution outlines. And this is saying something, because just the other week I heard a speech where we were basically <laughs> patting the Taliban on the back oh, we, we and did. talking about how good we did, and where we didn't do good, it was somebody else's fault. If y'all think we ain't paying the Taliban right now to get our people out. <sighs> You're wrong. We're not doing that right or now. Or you're Canadian. Don't make me. You're not our people. You're Canada's people. Hey, you know. Look, people in Canada, you're our friends. We, we no. Stop I it. feel like their foreign policy is just as bad. Oh, All right, moving on. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, speech that came yesterday was where Joe Biden decided to walk all the way up to a microphone and basically <laughs> decide. He made it all the way there. He decided that what he was going to do was use the federal government to enforce private businesses that have 100 employees or more to require that vaccine or weekly testing be done on those employees. And if not, there ain't going to be no employees no more. They gone. Is that the thing? Is he going to... Shut the businesses down? Is that the no, threat? No, but effect, but in effect, it would be that way. Because what he's really saying is... Any you're threat get, of government is a threat of force. Right, because what he's saying is... Here's what, here's what he's actually saying, which is basically, if you just do some quick math, so $14,000 per offense per week. Ooh. So let's say you have... 101 100 employees. <laughs> let's say you have 100 employees. Make it easy math. And 50 of them are not vaccinated. And you do you lapse one week in turning in your weekly tests. That's fifty employees times fourteen thousand dollars. So just in one week, you have amassed seventy thousand dollars in fines. It was fifteen employees times fourteen thousand. It was fifty employees times fourteen thousand. Uh, that's that's yes. Right there. Oh. So in one week, that would be seventy thousand dollars in fines. Okay, you could see how you seven hundred thousand. 
That's what I meant to say. Oh, yeah. Which is bigger than 70,000. No, I'm just more sad. Almost three quarters of a million. And so, <laughs> so when you look at this that is the level of math, I do. <laughs> this is this is where I'm talking. Jesse's doing math. So thank thank goodness. Multitasking, baby. So what you can see very quickly is, for all effective pur- purposes, that employee would find himself unemployed. Why? Because the business would die. Yeah. Yeah. You're effectively killing a middle sized business. There. That's what you're doing. Wait. It's is it fourteen thousand dollars per week? Is that what you said? Per offense. Per offense. Per week. Because Damn. you have to have weekly, weekly testing. testing. Dun, dun, That's going to add up real quick, right? Oh, my God. Well, it already added up quite quick. Did it? Quite quite quickly. Yes, just now when you added it up. <laughs> um, so what we're so so having done that and this is I'm going to ignore all the other just atrocities that were said in that, for example, when it came to. Governors that were inhibiting uh, certain people to—I don't know what he was trying to say—get the sh- get the vaccine or or work in their jobs, or it was it was something along the line. I believe he was talking about teachers. He said that he would use his power as the president to get them out of the way. Now, what the heck does wow. that mean? <laughs> uh, I mean, it sounds like a threat. What are you doing? Sending in the CIA there? He's got a little bit of corn pop coming out right now. <laughs> he's going to meet you in the back alley. He's going to have a chain. I'm going to have a chain, and I'm going to... He's a bad dude. I'm going to meet you in the back alley. I got a chain, and we're going to talk about things. You know the, the thing. All right, so, All right enough of this. so on the basis level, why is this evil? I know why. Can I start? Please do. Um, this is too much this is evil because the federal government, at least in the United States of America, should not have the power over the private sector to mandate something, especially when it comes to a vaccine or policy on a federal level. When it comes to their employees, health care decisions, personal health care decisions, this is absolutely asinine. The federal government, to my knowledge, this is this would be unconstitutional um, or at the very least, blatant overreach, um, which our government is not unaccustomed to doing, no matter uh, what side of the aisle you're on. But um, it it violates it violates the small business owners, the Ameri- which is the American citizens' ability to actually secure life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is why we have free enterprise. This is why we have. Uh, free market economics. This is why we have all of those things, so that business owners can actually produce and make um, not only not only a better society um, for their locality, but also provide for their families. Ain't nobody providing for a family with seven hundred thousand dollars in fines if half of their workforce is unvaccinated and uh, either chose not to or uh, you know stood up against the man and didn't get a test that week. Goodness gracious! I mean. How how dare you? That's what? I mean, literally, that's what? Uh, that's 2.8 million in one month. There's no small business. There's no middle, medium-sized but I don't even know what 100 employees is categorized. Let me just be clear right now. I just want to say it straight up. The likelihood that this would actually go into effect as any order from the executive branch in any way, in a legal manner, in our country, uh, is almost effectively zero. It's it's highly unlikely the amount of uh, legal action that will come forward would very significantly stifle this and either prove it outright 
or it will be so stifled for the next, you know, four, 16, 20 years that it would never go into an effect until someone was like, oh, that was dumb. Let me just get rid of it. Um, that's that's what very well could happen. Now, I did hear, uh, I believe uh, Ben Shapiro had speculated that this actually could be a very interesting net win overall, legally speaking, that it could go to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court could basically look at this uh, and pass a judgment on what is called Chevron. Uh, not the company, and I'm probably saying that wrong because I'm not French. I'm like the pattern. I'm not French. Am I saying that right? Chevron. I mean, I'm saying that right. Chevron's a thing, but it's usually like a squiggly pattern, right? And it's also a company, oil company. It is. Yeah, but that's not what I mean. I'm probably saying it wrong. It's a French law. Until Biden got an office. Uh, stupid French, the four, stupid the, French words. Look, the regardless, four, the, the basic company. principle here is basically uh, that unelected bureaucracies, the best, the best people to make laws uh, and rules for the bureaucracy would be the bureaucracy itself, which is really dumb, right? So you think about it, this would be like, well, the Environmental Protection Agency is the one that should police its Environmental Protection Agency uh, requirements, right? And then so on and so forth, housing, all, the, all these other things. It's it's a horrible piece of law, really. It doesn't make any sense. No, no, they should not. It's like uh, now not only will the police officer be enforcing the law, but he will be making the law and judging on the law. And that's what the, it's like Judge Dredd. Sounds like a consolidation of bureaucratic power. Yes. Unelected officials having that power. Thus the bureaucratic. <sighs> we are a twinity. Man. Same, same. Um, so that's interesting, just from a legal perspective. I want everybody not to get too worried, okay? But it is always important to be prepared, and especially as Christians, to be biblically prepared to address these issues. I'm super skeptical, because we, we've all seen these these Twitter threads, and obviously, guys, this is a very super conversational piece. Um, but I mean, like, I, I've seen the Twitter threads where the people are trying to defend this man's decision, and it's like... It, I think I need to train myself so that my first reaction isn't getting angry and upset, but my first reaction is to say, behold the object of their worship, right? Because when you you have foregone all rationality, when you all imago Dei rationality, when you will sacrifice the the ability for other people to make their own personal decisions about their own personal bodies, when you're willing to sacrifice that for some perceived safety, and I say perceived because there's a lot of discussion as to the efficacy of these treatment plans that are going on, but regardless, when you're willing to sacrifice that and then happily follow and defend the person making that decision at the federal level, you've disregard blatantly disregarded all rationality. It is worship. Um, and it is it is right in front of you. So we have to be able to identify that first and foremost. This this politician worship when it comes to when it comes to this, and the, the plea is always for rationality. The plea is always for um, righteousness um, on, on our task. But we must be able to identify that this is a spiritual battle that we are fighting, because at that point it is pure. It is worship, pure and simple. You know they are defending that man to, with the same tenacity. Not not the logical tenacity, but the same tenacity that I would defend my God. They are defending that that decision, which is just absolutely asinine because it is counterintuitive to actual human flourishing. Yeah. So let if we haven't been abundantly clear yet, what we're trying to say uh, from from this is that 
given the outcry, there's just a general social media outcry, as you're seeing, right? This this dramatic defense, right? In many ways, right? Given that we're 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 seeing that pushback, given what was said from the microphone itself, from the podium, if you will, itself, um, and given some of the defense offered by the press secretary today. We are emphatically, and they thought that they thought that Kylie McEnany had a had a hard job. <laughs> that poor woman, <laughs> poor woman. <laughs> Praying for you, Jen. You're Praying gonna make for it. You. You're gonna make it, honey. Write a book. What, what we are saying emphatically is that this is government overreach. Yes, of the highest order, <laughs> super high order. This is like the first order. Uh, it's at least government overreach on a fundamental order, like in the most basic sense of overreach. Oh, for certain. Yeah. I mean, what, what I mean, I would... I'm not going to say highest order because it's not I, I feel like there are worse government overreaches. But at a fundamental level, it is fundamentally violating individual liberty. Absolutely. Which the government is there to recognize and actually wield the sword to protect. This is absolutely correct. And and this, all of this is so, it's all so mind-numbing, all right? It's so mind-numbing. So, there's, let me let me play this I out. I thought you were going to say Just mind-numbing Just a few again. hours. So, <laughs> mind-numbing. <laughs> so, just a few hours before Joe Biden gave his speech, in which he basically said, you're, you, that he will enforce your employer to ensure that you are vaccinated or tested weekly, which he said he would do or impose fines that will bankrupt your employer just hours before that. Right. Kamala Harris was trotted out to to basically um, rail against the Texas abortion law, citing that a woman had complete bodily autonomy. And it's like, how do you even how do you not get it? You can't have that there and this over here. Right. It's you can't do it. The funny thing is that but in both sense, <laughs> the funny thing is that in both cases, they get bodily autonomy wrong <laughs> because, yes, a woman should have bodily autonomy, but that doesn't apply to the bodily autonomy of the child that's in her womb. And in this case, um, you know, an employee should or an individual should have bodily autonomy but they're sapping that away by saying you need to either get forcibly tested with a swab up your nose every week for literally no scientific reason, by the way, um, or get injected with um, a vaccine that you, at this point, don't want. Because if you haven't gotten the vaccine yet, then you haven't wanted it yet because it's been widely available. I'm quite certain that of those... 80, 80 million people that haven't gotten the vaccine. Those 80 million morons. Yes, of those 80 million people, I'm quite certain that this, this is the policy that will totally change their mind. Oh, yeah. Yep. To vote red in midterms next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. By the way, did you know that in Canada, the colors are flipped? So the conservative is so actually blue. So when I see blue. a black thing, I see I see white. No, no, no. When no, no. I what, see gray, what? I see what? What are you saying? Gr- more gray. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The, like, the conserva- conservative is blue and liberal is red. But in this case, both are liberal. So now it's purple. I see. I know the PPC purple. Oh, I couldn't figure out why they were purple. Yeah, I get it now. I think it makes sense. It does make sense. Well done. The things we know about Canada now. 
what we just never thought we'd knew. Yeah, did you know that there's a time zone that's actually uh, ahead of us? To, yes. Like, to the east? Way up high over there in the real cold place. Yeah, did you know New Jersey's not the easternmost tip of North America? Because <laughs> I just found that out yesterday. I'm quite certain Maine goes out farther than us. Maybe. What? <clears throat> Have you never seen a map of the United States before? I never considered what time zone it might be. Us evil Americans. You you're just making us look bad. You make us sound like we don't we don't nobody else exists over here. North America is United States. <laughs> well, if not for Alaska, I guess Canada <laughs> Re- would actually be Russia. Remember so. <laughs> that one remember that one crazy video I showed you of that crazy lady with maps all strewn across her kitchen? Oh my gosh, that and was... then this news company went in. She's like, the white man. The white man make North America bigger on the maps, and we're like, no, lady, it's because you're trying. To, you're <laughs> it's trying a different to map. A globe <laughs> flat. It's <laughs> a different map. You can't contort maps that way. She's like, it's because the white man wanted America to think that it was the best. Stop it! Place this is not helping us. All right, so back to the discussion. And she was like, uh, if only she got to 2021, because boy. <laughs> she would have realized, oh, there's so we, many problems. Boy, are we messing this up. No. All right. We have laid out some of the issues. Okay. Just highlighting the fact that there is an issue with Kamala Harris trying to, just hours before, highlight women's bodily autonomy to murder a child in the womb. Which is not her body. It, it turns out, completely different DNA, uh, own separate heartbeat. It's just crazy that it's not her body. But that's neither here nor there. Okay, but then hours later would would trot out and say, no, if you want to work, you must get vaxxed. Now, I know there's a passage in the Bible that says you don't eat right if you don't work. I remember that one. But but here we have the government saying you don't vax, you don't work, which in turn means you don't eat unless you come on unemployment, which will allow you to eat. And I guarantee you in the next short, short time, you will find out that you will not be receiving unemployment if you're not. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, like, to be fair, it's vax or tested. So you either need to get something injected in you or get something serially shoved up your nose. Well, I mean, we're good to, we can talk about it. all of these things are going to come back to how you view legally um, some of the wording of the Civil Rights Act. Ah, yes. Of both 64 and then following 68, the great advance in 68. So those those are how you view the wording there is going to be very important as we look at what religious exemptions might entail, um, what a reasonable um, exemption looks like, right? A, a, a reasonable accommodation. A reasonable accommodation to the exemption would look like. So as we look at this, we have to understand what's going on. Um, now, we know that in the sphere of sovereignty, the smallest sphere, the primary sphere, is the first sphere, the sphere of self. And from there, concentrically, God gives spheres of authority. We don't make them up. Rather, we hold tightly to what God has outlined. And those spheres do intersect in some ways, but there are ways in which they emphatically do not intersect. So you can just think of those, those circle, circle graphs where they come together at certain points and where they overlap. That's where the intersection occurs. But outside of that intersection, there is no overlap. They are they are completely autonomous in those areas. Here, we know that when it comes to making health decisions, uh, it the the principle of subsidiarity would say that the person who can best make health decisions for an individual would be 
I missed that pass because I was reading Title the Seven indiv- Civil <laughs> The individual. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't know you were reading. I was uh, researching. Good job. You keep researching. Would be the individual. So the individual is the person in best position to make a health decision for the individual. Individual. Yes. The the closest form of <laughs> sovereignty. The closest form of government. Now, uh, clearly, clearly there are other ways in which the spheres can interact there, but what I haven't noticed is the government coming in and mandating certain BMI index measurements on employees. Ooh. I haven't noticed the government coming in and checking glucose of, of employees. Ooh. I mean, there's so many things here that this that this does not apply to as far as health goes, and now we're just injecting it right in. Oh, I see what you did there. You see what I did? <laughs> that was a good one. We are just injecting it in there. I'm so glad I started paying that attention again. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's 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 a mess. So that's how we see an intersect, intersection with the smallest form of sphere sovereignty, the self governance, with the idea of subsidiarity, or in, in what is closely related, and the idea of lesser magistrates. Here, this is not some thing we need to have the the government involved in. This is something that the smallest sphere can handle just fine. I can make a clear choice as not only as a person but as a believing Christian regarding my health and the vaccine. Just like I can make a clear choice as a Christian regarding whether or not I eat the whole half gallon of ice cream, okay, or not. Because it is my responsibility to make a a wise choice for me. And if I don't, I suffer consequences for my decisions. My choices have repercussions. There's a result from them, and I will live in them. Yes. Right. I've kind of of thought – I almost thought about – this is really, really macabre. I've I've actually thought about writing a letter, kind of like read letter in case of death of COVID nineteen, and and I've thought about what this letter would contain, and it's like, you know, honestly, I honestly, when when I sit and think about it principally, I honestly think that I would rather that that if the Lord chose to take me by COVID nineteen, I would rather be taken by COVID nineteen. If it helped to ensure a more free society for my children to live in, I would rather die for them to be more free than for me to violate my principles and allow our government to dictate what I have to do with my body in order to receive basic societal access and rights, you know, being able to be employed or being able to own a business. I mean... It, it, it's fundamental to at least American society, and it's it's really fundamental to human society as a whole, being able to work and then gain gain something for your labor. You reap what you sow. This has been around for a really long time, but when the government says no, you can't you can't sow anymore. You know, all the seamstresses said, I don't know something. I was trying to anyway, but yeah, so no, the, the government shouldn't so be able like to tell me when I can and can't sow if I'm not doing anything illegal. It's just it's it's absolutely it's absolutely insane. But yes, I, I would rather I would rather n- not give in to that to ensure a more free society for my kids. I understand because because liberty is far more important than my life, right? Certainly. I mean, well, I mean, and you for your life. I mean, you could see he's, he's, it's definitely more important. He's than like, your oh life. yeah, it's definitely oh, way no, more no. important than your life. No, no. <laughs> I mean, we could obviously rate things, but definitely more important than. But li- liberty is high up there on the list of things. I think I think I can follow that. I think I can I think I can actually get on board. I think I can actually get on board with that concept. I think 
I think ultimately because I believe in the sovereignty of God for me personally, if COVID-19 kills me, it's because I know that my God is sovereign. And there's, it's not the time that I was appointed to die. Isn't a game. It's not a, it's not a game in which I make the rule. I make the rules and decisions on it's appointed unto a man once to die. And, and that is not in my hand. Now I can do the things that I, I can to make sure I'm living healthy and wisely. Right. But even then there is nothing that dictates while I'm in the middle of a deadlift that I won't have a heart attack and die. Right. And we always look at those stories and it's like the most ultimate irony, right? Like, like long distance runner jogging just out for a jog one day and he dies at 39 years old. And it's yeah. a tragedy. Or like in Australia when they're arresting you for not wearing a mask and you just go into cardiac arrest. <sighs> Watched that video yesterday. Yeah, that's a that was again, a tragedy and of that of that an even more so tragedy. It's almost yeah. a double or triple tragedy. It's a double tragedy. tragedy. Absolutely. It's a twin You know what? Let's not make a word for that. Yeah. Let's not let's GT. Nope. 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 <laughs> I don't. I, now you've got me thinking about making a word for double tragedy. You're messed up, man. <laughs> you messed up. Oh, man. Oh, oh. I have no idea where we were in our thought process there. <laughs> you had just gone on about the letter that you wanted to write. Ah, uh, yes. Because you're, you're dying of COVID. Yeah, because that's what everyone said. It's like, well, good luck when you die of COVID. It's like, if I die of COVID, like, really, honestly, who who cares? Why do you care so much? Like, I mean, seriously, I mean, and and keep in mind, these are the people that vote for doctor assisted suicide at end of life and for abortion. Right. So, I mean, who really actually is valuing the life here? It's it's an ultimate. It's goodness gracious. It's perhaps the ultimate foolish move. Right. Let's let's say let's just estimate if there's 80 million Americans that are not vaccinated and Joe Biden is a Democrat. Do we think those 80 million Americans are 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 voting Democrat? Most likely. Boy, I hope not. But more than likely, probably not, given given who vaccinates and who doesn't vaccinate, right? More than likely, those people have a conservative... Are, all of this is under the assumption of a free and fair election, right? <laughs> all I'm saying is those we can assume that those people are probably all not Democratic party. supporters. Probably those those people are are conservatives or religious people that have made a decision that they're not going to be vaccinated. And for many reasons, they may have made that decision... Uh, and because they've made that decision, if they got COVID and died, wouldn't that only be a good thing for the Democrats? I don't understand. For for Joe Biden. Less taxpayers. I guess less taxpayers. That's true. But can't you just let some more in? Boy. <laughs> boy, just, boy, boy, he's trying. I'm just saying. I just, all right. So this is neither here nor there. Maybe we should take this. Now that we've talked a little bit about sphere sovereignty, uh, we've talked about subsidiarity. Uh, we can, we've, we've the, the angle of lesser magistrates is obvious, and we've already done episodes on those particular topics. Moving this into the exemption idea, and that's why I believe the idea of lesser magistrates, subsidiarity, sphere sovereignty, these things that stem from a biblical understanding and a biblical worldview far more inform me as far as exemptions go than even me looking at the vaccine and saying, I shouldn't put something in my body. I don't believe that's inherently the problem for me personally, but I think these other principles clearly outline the importance of not allowing what is a majority totalitarian move, a majority Mm. tyrannical move, because emphatically 
that is not exercising proper biblical judgment in the righteousness of God. Right? Yeah. Amen. Okay. So that's where I that's where I tend to line up a lot when it comes to um when it comes to ex- exemptions particularly. But you uh having written these these religious exemptions, right? Yes. So now, so, in your case, you had to get a religious exemption for your beard. Yeah, the very first religious exemption I ever even considered. Um, it, it was easier for me. I just have I have skin folliculitis. Yeah, you were able to get what's called a medical exemption. Yes, I have skin folliculitis. The legitimacy of which is between you and your doctor. Um, and you know what? That's like, how it should be. Don't like your implication That's there how it should at be. all. <laughs> don't like what you're implying. Uh, is is follic- <laughs> No, it's not. It's not spelled that way at all, whatever no, you were no. going to say. No, I was just going to say, yeah. have you had this folliculitis since birth? Is this just the way your face always looks? Or? No, once I became a man, I put away those childish things. <laughs> put away the childish things. All right. Having written oh, some religious exemptions, uh, it is important to consult, I would, I would assume, the Bible. Yes, for the exemptions okay, that themselves. was a, that was a pass. Uh, that was a pass to you. Got it. Yeah. No, I'm just going to take this and run with it. Um, Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so basically, in America, when we're talking about religious exemptions, we're going back to Title Seven of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Um, in it, you can find many words, but um, basically, um, it guarantees um, the the right of the employee to submit a religious exemption against that against a practice that would force them to violate their conscience in within the confines of what is worded as their sincerely held religious beliefs now that sounds really vague and the good part about that is it is um why why is it vague well it's vague because it has to accommodate no pun intended for literally any religion you know if if a jedi if the Jedi religion were anti-vax, they would have to um, accommodate that uh, within reason. Now, um, it is not guaranteed um, that you will get what's called a reasonable accommodation um, per the 1964 Civil Rights Act, Um, but it is pretty much a sure deal. Um, The only way an employer can get out of providing you with a reasonable accommodation is if it ceases... If you literally cannot function at that place of operation without doing the thing that they need you to do or are requesting or requiring the employee to do. So um, we've got a lot of we got a lot of really great questions about um, exemptions and I struggle with religious exemptions, too. Um, Like I said, I never really I never really submitted one before. I never even thought of submitting one before. Um, I usually get my flu vaccine just kind of mindlessly. Um, you know, 2020 has changed that for me. Now, I guess I really should actually probably think about that type of thing, but, um, whatever. So, um, back in, uh, April of last year, um, my healthcare organization that I work for was mandating that the men shave their faces so that they could be fitted properly for the N95 masks to which I (laughs) declined. Um, I actually wrote a two page religious exemption paper explaining the um, religious significance of beards um, all throughout the Old Testament and into the New. Um, and you know what? I got accepted. Um, I did not have to shave my beard. Um, they were able to accommodate me with special kinds of 
PPE and whatnot. Um, that's just basically just widely available in the hospital. He looks hilarious in it, by the way. It's great. It's very fun. I feel like, like I'm doing something important. Have you ever seen Monsters Incorporated? Yes. Yes. You look like the uh, the um, Child Protection Service. The the child, not Child Protection Services. Um, what's it uh, called? Um, 2319, 2319. Right, right. Uh, what are they I called? They have the little thing on their, sh- their shirt. Yeah. The three letters. Is it CPA, Child Protection Agency? No, it's, I don't know. But you know what I mean. You look like those guys with that on. And this big papper hood with the yeah <laughs> plastic face. Right? You look like those guys. Anyway. That's Child Detection Agency. Child Detection Agency. Dang it. CDA. CDA. All right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I understand that. I understand the kind of frustration, kind of the long sigh. Um, because should we have to submit religious exemptions? Why, why should we have to do that in the first place? I agree. Um, and there's actually there's actually some people I forget who I've heard argue that really honestly the Constitution is a strong enough document that we don't even really need the 1964 Civil Rights Act because personhood through our founding documents you know was fairly uh, inclusive um, you know that that the laws that were on the land that the laws that were in the books that were discriminatory against um, say African Americans or, or what have you. Um, actually were unconstitutional. Um, so, but regardless... Um, well, it's more so than that, because I want to agree with with the comment. Yes, we should first address the constitutionality of the mandate, for certain. But, but even biblically, we can address the mandate before we even get to the constitutionality issue, which we addressed pre- as we talked about those principles initially. And even more so, we can address it constitutionally with the reality that of enumerated powers in that what is not given to the government resides firmly in the hands of the people. And so if it's not in their enumerated powers, they can go ahead and kick rocks and pound sand. So what they're trying to do is finagle their way around enumerated powers. Right. And that doesn't hold holistically when you come into a private organization, the private organization does cause some issues uh, in that it is not the government. Right. It is someone else. And so now we have to take up that cause against a private entity. So it does add another layer of difficulty in the in, in it. But I believe, yes, the Constitution is strong enough uh, in its legal sta- standing to hold even against a private organization that would do those things. And And not only that, not only that, what happens, right? What happens if, let's say, a... a Let's use myself as an example. Let's say a business decides to discriminate against um, amazing mustached mohawked people, okay? And they have a sign up that says they can't come here. Well, all I'm going to do is go to the restaurant across the street or the business across the street. I'm going to frequent them, right? Now, that's a very small segment of the people. Let's say that you're not going to go to the media. No, I'm not. Let's say that, that that business then said, right? Uh, a larger section. Let's say that people with bald or shaved heads couldn't use their services. All right. Well, that's a much larger percentage of the population, right? Even in a local area. So now the, another business that doesn't have that discrimination policy is going to do significantly better. But all of that doesn't even go to the fact that saying that they they shouldn't discriminate that in that way. Anyway, but if they're not pri- if they're private property, this is where you keep bumping up. Is it private property? Is it a private business? Right. We didn't need 
we didn't need the Civil Rights Act because if they were violating enum- the, the enumerated Bill of Rights issues, then they were already violating the Constitution. But because they had gray law issues with what had already formed on the books, they did the Civil Rights Act. Now, more than anything, we know what a politician does. It's just a thing that they can pass, right, to say they did something. That's all it is because the Constitution was strong enough already. But I think the Civil Rights Act does, in many ways, make an even more clear and specific determination, right, on on law. Yeah. I mean, it, it gives us good verbiage as to how we go about handling these types of disputes. Absolutely. Sure. So, so yeah, while, while I agree that nobody should need a religious exemption to refuse a vaccine, you know, at the risk of sounding pragmatic. Um, I was just going to say. I was going to say, it's a very pragmatic... It is, because... So, you know, the question is, shouldn't we first address the unconstitutionality of the mandate before we request an exemption? Yeah, because logically that that comes first. But when you're living day-to-day life and the choice is, um, I have freedom under law to request an exemption, to to request marriage. (laughs) Marriage is what brings us. To request an exemption, I, love I, I have the freedom under the law. I can actually operate within my my civil liberties to do that. Um, and so I can, while also challenging the unconstitutionality of it, if you, in my, this this is my opinion, but I, I think it holds up. Um, you can you can check me on this. Um, if you say, hey, this is this is an unconstitutional or or th- this violates um, individual liberties. This goes against what uh, what our government is actually supposed to be doing in their sphere of authority. Um, okay, now I have a religious exemption. Now I'm good. No, no, no. You stay in the fight. You continue to dissent. You you make sure that everyone knows and your politicians know and the people voting know um, what the right thing to do is. You don't just... Basically, you don't just look after you and say, I'm good and put your hands up. You know, you continue to live not by lies, by refusing to speak the lies, by only standing up and speaking for truth. And that's truth for other people who are getting denied religious exemptions or, or you know, even at the more basic level who shouldn't have to think about whether or not they're allowed to be forced to take a vaccine against their will. No one should have to even think about that. It's common sense. You don't do it. Um so yeah, you continue to con- you continue to challenge the unconstitutionality of it while you while exercising the liberties that you have available to you. Now, if you don't have those liberties available to you, and dissenting is simply the option, then dissenting is the option. But but you know, f- for for me, uh, I can only speak personally on this. You know, I I I, I love my job. I love who I work for. I do not like my governor. Uh, he doesn't care about me and I don't really care for much for him. Um, and so, you know, New Jersey was, uh, about a month or two ahead of our federal government on this. So I've had, I've had a lot of time to think about this. Um, so, but I, I'm operating within my rights to deny the vaccine on a, on a religious exemption while continuing to fight for as many people as possible to be free of that, of even having to think about that choice. That's kind of that's kind of my position. We don't stop fighting just because I'm good and my job is safe. No, if it costs you your job, then that's that's then that's the price of liberty. 
um, if it costs you your, um, you know, if, if, if you get thrown in jail, and this is this is where things like, you know, the religious liberty issues up in Canada come in. If, if you throw you in jail, that's the price to pay for liberty. You know, all of, all of those types of things. But, but yes, it, it's a both and, not an either or. Um, here in America, we can request that exemption, and it, it is held in all with, with much seriousness because if, if an employer does not hold that, then they have a civil rights law case, lawsuit on their desk the following week, and no employer wants a civil rights lawsuit on their desk because um, they lose. <laughs> right, especially when they are denying a religious exemption. Right. That, that's pretty clear. Or rather, when they have a religious exemption and then still and still do not make accommodations, but rather heap undue burdens upon, they're actually not not actually allowing for for, for religious exemption. And these are these are clear legal issues. So all the Civil Rights Act did in my mind is is just bring some clarity. But I don't know that it was necessary clarity. I think it, I think in many ways it did involve political uh, political expediency. The politicians did did they they did a thing. Look, guys, we did a thing. Uh, when in reality, that that business, the businesses did not does not have the the legal right to discriminate in those areas anyway. Right. But but in reality, they could. It doesn't matter if they discriminated because other businesses would that didn't discriminate would be the beneficiaries of their foolish discrimination on base on anything. We know that today, right? I don't need to actually give any company that does not hold my values any of my money. I don't ever have to do that. They are literally – Free markets. Why would I pay them something when they outrightly give to causes that rail against me, who I am, what I believe, and what I think? I'm not going to do that. So I'm, I'm just going to mosey on down the road. Did you cancel your Netflix subscription yet? Did you cancel your Netflix subscription? Yeah, I did. When we did our episode on Cuties, I did. How do I have access to Disney Plus? That's me. Oh. We haven't done an episode on Disney Plus. Oh, I've mentioned their communist guys deeply many, many a time. Don't right. start with me on I'll that. I'll cancel it. I don't care. You better want to check with somebody before you do that. I'll just buy the, all the Bluey DVDs. Okay, right, sure you okay. will. Alrighty. Okay. Look, look. I'm not saying I'm perfect, all right? I'm not saying I'm perfect. In fact, I'm emphatically saying I am not, not perfect, at all. Um, I, was, I was just messing with you. Thanks a lot, though. I don't that, really, was hard, that was hardcore right there. I mean, you just, I mean, you, just, in, you came up my throat. In the came up my throat on a podcast. In the grand scheme of things, I don't want to, you know, impress upon your conscience anything about a particular well, thing. Well, here's and all right. So back to the back to the conversation. Here's the thing. Here was the the issue with with the Civil Rights Act. Right. It actually bred in it. The inability, right, for a particular fraternity, if someone chose to have a particular fraternity that they did not wish to have, right? If someone did want to discriminate in that way, and we said that they could not, we've actually limited their ability and their freedom. Now, if they're, as long as they're not affecting someone else's freedom, who cares if they want to be idiots, morons, evil people, foolish, ide- fool- holders of foolish ideologies, right? That's what the point, that's one of, uh, what was it, was... um. He did not become president. Help me. No. Mondale? No. It was a senator. 
failing. This is you know what I'm failing at this history right now, and I apologize. I, to everybody. I wish I could help you. I can't bail you out of this one. I, it doesn't I have matter. No idea what you're talking um, about. Basically, he didn't become president because he didn't vote for the Civil Rights Act, and his issue was that we were then limiting people's freedom if they wanted to discriminate in some way. The real issue, the, and this is the this is what pisses me off about the Civil Rights Act. The issue wasn't so much that businesses were discriminatory, right? Like a business said, I don't want hippies, I don't want blacks, I don't want, you know, that, that that wasn't the main issue. The problem was the governments were discriminating. The governments, and all we had to do was say, if you're a state that's going to discriminate, if you're a county that's going to discriminate, if you're, a, if you're going to discriminate on a government level at all, guess what you get? Nothing. Zero federal funding. Zero federal protection. Zero anything. Are you, do you, do you mean to tell me that we are... Uh, back in this exact same scenario that what you were talking about at the beginning, where the the system itself is the one creating the policies to bail itself out of the bad thing. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's what they no did with the Civil Rights Act. Way. Yes. Yeah. No, All right. Anyway. Absolutely. But it does give us some clarifying language. It does give us some clarifying language in which to treat these particular cases in. Yeah. Right. I'd be I'd be really interested reading some of the comments. I'd be really interested in in reading about um some of the, some of these Canadian issues um because i i don't really see like in, in in our case the exemptions just granted um and in the cases that exemptions are not granted they're filing lawsuits um and they are uh at least in in our state um lawsuits are already happening um because they've just been kind of widely denying them um in certain healthcare systems but um so it doesn't actually it the Civil Rights Act and the religious exemption actually is the strongest word, strongest possible exemption you could get. It's pretty much untouchable because religion is such not a concrete thing. So I, I'd be interested. I'll, I mean, we talk to you guys every day. Um, I'd be interested in hearing more about that. Oh, there, will you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you will. Definitely want to hear about that, man. Yeah, um, for for us here down here in the states, uh, the religious exemption can be very helpful to have on the books, so to speak, uh, when it comes to the particularly the Civil Rights Act. And so that's basically what we're trying to connect the dots to. So we can first on that we can absolutely <laughs> we can absolutely um, talk more about the religious exemption. But do you want to? Did you want to talk about it in specificity? Specif- specificity that's it subsidiarity okay uh, hebrews everybody heard the codes everybody hebrews. heard the codes podcast you know oh, what it says man. in hebrews if you that's haven't what you heard, said if you haven't heard the codes podcast yeah shame yeah. on you yeah heap shame and jesse said hebrews hebrews I, I he did. said hebrews come on man it was mock me go ahead boy was it a time <laughs> i'm trying to get to my religious exemption itself i did not have this pulled up here um but yeah i mean so I guess tip, tips and tricks for writing religious exemptions uh, in the United States. One, um, one a, a common thing that employers will try to do is they will try to strong arm you into having clergy or a church sign off on that. That is actually illegal. Um, you can actually sue them if they if that is actually a requirement. Um, they can offer it as an option for you to do, but they cannot require that. Why? Well, because not all religions have clergy and. Um, the Civil Rights Act doesn't mention anything about belonging to or actively practicing. It is simply sincerely held religious beliefs. And that is the important thing to remember when you're writing religious exemptions. As you plan to continue to fight and push back against tyranny, 
um, but also doing so while having a job, is that this your religious exemptions shouldn't contain anything about the efficacy of the vaccine. Um, it should not have anything to do about the contents of the vaccine um, unless it is something like, um, you know, derived from the lines of aborted fetal cells, which you have some some Ten Commandment violations there. Um, you, you can include that. Um, you can't you should not um, include anything about different studies or different doctors. Why? Because this is a an exemption based solely on your sincerely held religious beliefs. Employers can actually deny your religious exemption if the argument you are making is not on purely religious grounds. Um, That was something that I did not realize um, when I came to the table to write my own, but it is the most important thing. People who have been writing exemptions for a long time um, have, have, I've noticed that um, you know, if someone posts like in a group and they say, you know, my exemption has been denied, the first question is, what are the contents of your letter? Um, and and it, was it purely on your sincerely held religious beliefs? Anything else opens you up to having that denied if you are putting in reasons that are not solely your sincerely held religious beliefs. And I want to, just want to clarify, there was some things going around that you needed, you needed to have um – a religious leader or pastor or rabbi actually sign your your documents. yes that was the first thing that I mentioned that they don't they have to do that yeah oh did you mention I missed I that this no, is what happens when I was typing it's okay it's man we're we've, we're we're yeah. doing a lot right now I just wanted to say it looks like we're not but we really are because that's some horse crap right there oh okay yeah, no, that's... literally the Bill of Rights is not meant for you to need your anybody to authorize them they are literally. Yours. Well, okay. They're yours. The Bill of Rights is above our governor's pay grade, so. <laughs> I never considered the Bill of Rights when I made laws in New Jersey. I'm Phil Murphy. Blah, 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 blah. That's not how he sounds, but you get the idea. <laughs> Don't make that face. Big, nasty, pointy teeth. <laughs> he does smile funny. He does smile funny. And like it or not, he is our governor. So For now. The other thing that you should do is put a formal request that your letter is, remains 100% confidential. Mm. Um, you do not want this letter being, you don't want to open yourself up to having this letter replicated, um, in any way. Uh, it should be for you and for the person you send it to and for whoever is going to be approving or denying it only, um, and make sure that they are held liable if that gets broken. Basically the only other things that you would need to include in this, you can include your, your history to show that you have a history of, of faith, but you don't even have to because your your faith could have changed a month ago as long as you are communicating your sincerely held religious beliefs. A lot of people say, well, I haven't objected to vaccines in the past. Why would they accept one now? Well, you know, a lot's happened in the past two years, um, and, and your sincerely held religious beliefs can absolutely have changed. Um, so, you know, basically, lots of some people have noted in the chat, I mean, Apologia Church, put out a great um, letter. Um, I know the CREC, um, uh, it's not really a denomination, uh, Network has put out um, some statements um, against, or, or for rather, religious exemptions. You know, so uh, I started out just by laying the groundwork that we're to trust God in all things. I mean, real simple, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own understanding. Uh, make your ways known to me, Lord. Teach me your paths. Psalm 25, 4. Um, I will instruct you and show you the way to go. With my eye on you, I will give counsel. Psalm 32.8. So the Bible instructs me to trust God. 
Um, additionally, it, it, it places um, a high importance on our bodies as the temple of the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians six, 19 through 20. Um, Paul talks about that. So, you know, the argument is flaw following. I, I'm to trust God. Um, my body is a temple. I am to be, I should be careful with how I take care of it and how I consider using it. Uh, Exodus fifteen twenty six. um, you know, stretching it a little bit, but this is a promise of God that when that if the Israelites lived in righteousness, he actually would withhold the illnesses from them that that he actually placed on the Egyptians. So there there is something to say for how we live, um, and and the means by which God can use to judge people. Now that's you know a a, a good exegete. Like I I would not base a sermon on that. Um, however, um. It is basic enough for our religious exemptions. Um, you know, additionally, that God made man in his own image. Um, Genesis one twenty seven, And then 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 5 says, um, you know, so that your faith might not be based on human wisdom, but on God's power. And that's really the foundation and bedrock of where my exemption landed. You know, I, I stated that these are the central tenets that I would be denying by receiving this mandatory vaccination schedule. Um, that's how I put mine. It's general enough and also specific enough that they know what I'm talking about. Um, now, here's the other interesting thing. Reasonable accommodations, right? So an employer is is required to provide a reasonable accommodation. This is what I'm talking about right here. This is, this is where I get so mad. Oh, yeah. We've been, we've been because, talking about this. You and I have been talking about this. First off, the governor, or you know, now the president of the United States, holy crap, doesn't get to decide what that reasonable accommodation is. That is an agreement between me, the employee, and my employer, mm. and it should be the agreement between every individual employee and their employer. It should not be a mandate set out on us by our governing bodies. Overreach, ridiculous. So now, I work in healthcare, people. So in 2019, before the world went crazy, if I was denying the flu vaccine, do you know what they would require me to do? What the reasonable accommodation would be for uh, denying the flu vaccine? Say again, I'm sorry. Do you know, in 2019, Mm -hmm. back before everything, back, back before World War Z happened, if I wrote a religious exemption for the flu vaccine, do you know what my reasonable accommodation would be? I would assume wearing a mask. You are correct. It would be wearing a mask during flu season. So, but now, for whatever reason, our politicians have decided that mandatory weekly to, it's not bi-weekly, but twice a week, one to two times a week, testing. It doesn't matter. It's not a reasonable accommodation because it's unnecessary. They forgot the word reasonable. Yeah, it's not and reasonable. also what an accommodation. Is. Yeah. You know why it doesn't matter, Jesse, for it doesn't matter for two for two reasons. Two very important reasons, right? Now I don't know about I don't know about where you work, but currently is, is that, does everyone wear masks where you work now or or no? My wife works in the ICU and they still obviously wear they wear masks all the time still. Say that again? Do you, do you wear do they wear do you wear masks consistently at work or is that not a consistent thing? Yes. When interacting with patients? Yes. Right. That's a consistent thing where my wife works as well. So one, right, if everyone's wearing masks, what is the pro- what's the deal like? What's the dealio? Well, here's, here's the actual logic. If masks work, 
And if everyone's wearing the mask, then what's the problem? Right. So the second part is if you're vaccinated, but you can contract and also communicate the the virus, then you should also be tested. Or else, why are we testing you? Correct. Now, if the testing is specifically to coerce you into getting the vaccine and violating your religiously held beliefs, that is violative and actually invasive. That is not a reasonable anything. <laughs> right. No, correct. And I, and I think that I honestly think that that's where a lot of these um, lawsuits are going to start popping up. And I, and I hope that they do. Because I do think, that, like, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, and certainly not, but in my mind, that it is a discrimination, you know, because there is a penalty for me if I do not get vaccinated, right? I have to get a shot, a swab shoved up my nose one to two times a week just to have access to work in my field as mandated by the governor of my state and now the president of our beloved states. That is absolutely insane. That is putting a price tag on me that I did not sign up for when I when I mute, entered into a mutually agreeable contract with my employer. That's not what I signed up for. You know, reasonable. You're right. Would be wearing a mask. We're all doing that. We're all do, we're, in, in healthcare. We're all doing that. So there is no further accommodation that needs to be provided. Now I, I can speculate. As to why they want to do this. One, there's elections. My governor is up for election. And there's going to be midterms next year. Got to keep the COVID case numbers high. How do you do that? By mandatorily testing all unvaccinated individuals in public and private sectors. That's one way you do it. I just I just read a, a comment thread. They said, hey, look, be careful about these rapid tests because I got a false positive. She got a positive on the rapid test, a negative on the PCR test, which is the more invasive, longer one. Either way, she's out for 10 days. Her PCR came back negative. She doesn't have COVID, but she's out of work. Huh. She getting paid, though? Um, it's questionable. Oh, that's not cool. D- different, different health systems do different things because some, I mean, and you've seen this with certain airlines and stuff like that, right? They're trying to impose monthly fines on those that are yep. unvaccinated stating that so the healthcare they, costs yeah, are more the healthcare costs are to um, try to offset their costs you know and and that's the other thing that's another thing i want to mention about the exemptions by the way um is is that some employers are trying to say that if you if you don't get vaccinated and if you test you have to pay for all of that that's not true um if you go if you look at OSHA's regulations the employer is required to pay so what you as the employee must, I mean, I, I think what you should do, not must, because, but anyway, what you should do is everything that you do to obtain that test becomes a billable item that you submit as an invoice to your employer to pay you back for. Save the receipts, baby. Document the miles. Don't go to a free clinic. Don't go to a close clinic. Make, make that burden on your employer who is enforcing an unjust thing as heavy as possible and Absolutely. encourage all of your friends to do that because ironically mandates aren't laws our huh. our our, our, our employers don't actually have to do this under threat of legal action from our governor go figure and ironically the government the governors of our states have far more uh far more legal uh oversight over the private businesses in the state 
that certainly than Joe Biden at the federal level does. Oh, yeah. in fact, he has almost none. Uh, that's and that's uh, it's it's very very frustrating. It's, I do I do. It's so bad. It's it's very frustrating. We have to circle this in at some point. I was trying to. I had a thought, and then you totally got me so distracted. I'm so sorry. It's just it. It's so maddening. I, I, as a healthcare worker, I am ashamed um, at the lack of scientific um, reasoning. Reasoning that's <laughs> go, that's going on here, right? Science is a good tool that God gave us to to for us to find the breadcrumbs to let us know how He figured stuff out. Or how he how he chose to do things, that that that's what science is. Science is a tool. When we don't use the tool, like what what we you cease to be scientists. These piece these these tests mean absolutely nothing other than, and this is where this is where like this conspiracy theory people sound like absolutely sane. Follow the money. Someone's paying for the test. Why are we requiring to just do these tests? Yeah, I really don't know why my daughter's learning the scientific method right now because it's pretty much meaningless. You just you just take science and mix some politics, and then you do whatever you want. That's what we do. I truly am concerned. Like we, we're doing classical. I'm truly concerned when my children start to learn formal logic that it will drive them insane because this world is absolute topsy turvy, upside down clown car. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. What I thought I thought of what I wanted to say. I was actually because uh, uh, Justice is on here and he's a fellow. A Virgil on here. He's a fellow. We need, uh, we need a Hammond B. Oh, you want you want you want an organ? I do. We can get a sound effect. I'll put a button right here. We'll push it. All right. All right. Um, Justice was making some comments, and he is a Texas UPS as well. Uh, he works for UPS, but in the great state of Texas, as opposed to the crap hole that is California East, where we live. <laughs> um, but I was just having a discussion. I thought this was funny because having a discussion with a, a fellow UPS worker uh, talking about the uh, talking about the testing and the the instant tests, which is what I was thinking of. Um, I, and I said, you know, look, it doesn't matter if UPS started giving us tests, none of them would come back positive because UPS can't afford to have us not working. <laughs> They'd have magic tests that always came back negative. Right. And I'm, I guarantee you, if one came back positive, it would. Uh, it, oh, well, just throw that away. And we'll, oh, look, here's a negative one. Look, you're good for the day. I, I guarantee it because they can't afford to have us not work. <laughs> So, as far as I'm concerned, the, the testing thing is, is an absolute, it's a ridiculous, it's a ridiculous thing. I mean, that's the other thing, is that we're not even factoring into this entire equation, the mass exodus of healthcare workers from the profession over the past year. Well, part of that was, was induced because we literally told hospitals they could no longer do that one of the things that, you know, happens to generate a large flux of income for hospitals, uh, mainly any of the elective uh elective surgeries, uh, elective services, all this had to be shut down. Everything was COVID-based only. And so we already had to furlough or lay off a large majority of those nurses, right? So we already did that. We didn't have them. And then it turns out they also got unemployment. And then what I like to call unemployment plus, which is like the next version of unemployment. It's where we take unemployment and add half of unemployment back into the unemployment so that you get your basic salary again <laughs> from the federal government and more. Yes. And so why would they come back to work? Yeah. I, th- I think, I think my hospital alone, I I'm, I'm not sure if it's my hospital or my system when they started allowing some elective surgeries back. Um, we were over 4,000 cases behind Four thousand, And then you don't have enough nurses to actually get all that work volume done. <laughs> right. 
Well, I nurses did hear, don't perform surgery. I, I am aware that there's a, there's some hospitals in Florida that are play, paying like between eighty five and a hundred dollars an hour with up to two hundred and some dollars an hour overtime. So, and there th- it's like a simple contract. You can choose how many weeks you come there, right? And they want, you, but they want you to work forty eight hours in a week. So you have to do four twelves. People do that all. But the that time. last shift is all overtime, right? Paid out at two hundred dollars an hour. That's insane amount of money. I was about to be like, hey, babe. Hey I mean, babe. if I'm going to Florida, I'm down there anyway. Hey, like, babe, I need you. There's nothing else I'm doing in hey, Florida. Hey, babe, I got the kids for a month, all right? You go ahead, go down there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there. People in think that the free nurses state. are traveling to these COVID hotspot areas because we're just generous and kind. No, they're like, no we're like, we're, we're literally like pirates. We just follow the money. <laughs> <laughs> they, they show up in a town. You're, they take your blood pressure. And then to Mississippi. And then they temp your booty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these were the jokes. Speaking of probes. The, oh, 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 oh. All right. Look, we have to wrap this up. We've got to wrap it up. Did we, did we not talk about anything we want to talk about? We covered religious exemptions. We talked about sphere sovereignty, uh, the, the principle of subsidiarity. We talked and we talked about uh, a little bit of lesser magistrates in there. Uh, we covered the mandate itself and how it is unconstitutional and how uh, religious exemptions are a viable way to go. Did yeah. we miss anything? Um, well, we've already covered uh, a little bit of the, the church vax uh, stuff in our uh, roundup episode, our yes. potluck episode. Yes, that's pretty simple. Should, it, should, it, should, it, should your churches require vaccines? And, and we recovered that by simply saying, no. no, that's a hard no. No, that's a pound sand or a pound salt, as John Cooper would say. Go back and listen to that episode. He did say that. He said pound salt. And I thought, you know what? In New York, you probably get a lot of snow. Then you get a lot of ice in the streets. You put a lot of salt down. So maybe it's a thing there. Yeah, all right. I don't know. Well, whatever. <laughs> that's, that's regardless. Um, are there any questions? I just want to make sure. No questions. You guys hung in here in the chat. A lot of you did, and we were super excited. You got lots of great comments there. I wanted to see if I didn't uh, miss anything. I did. Uh, in, in, in our chat here, just for you on the podcast, I did mention uh, when it came to masks, 2 Corinthians 3.18. Uh, so never, never forget that you should always live quorum Deo. That is before the face of God. And Second uh, Corinthians three eighteen mentions that we uh, live unveiled, <clears throat> unveiled, our face unveiled. So I'm just you know throwing it out there. Hey, just you, you want a little reference in case someone's harassing you about an aerosolized virus that you're going to stop with that small piece of cloth. Probably. Anyway, all right, let's wrap, <laughs> let's wrap this up and let's let's chat with our friends on Facebook Live for a few minutes. Awesome. All right. Well, I think this has been a great time, and I hope you are encouraged too. Seize the faith. faith.